0: Lord, for thy great plan, That we thy place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the Scriptures. Jesus said in John 6:63, 6, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s, and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life-study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. Once God's people were properly arranged according to their families and arrayed around the perimeter of the tabernacle, God's presence overshadowed them as a visible cloud. His presence also filled the Ark of the Covenant within the tabernacle. These two items provided guidance and leading to the children of Israel. When the cloud was taken up, the people prepared to load up the tabernacle and their personal possessions to follow the cloud in a general way as their guide. But it was the tiny ark that became their particular leading, leading them through the treacherous wilderness and finding the appropriate resting places. A 40-Year Journey Under the Guidance of the Cloud and the Leading of the Ark. That's our program on this life study today. Dick Taylor has joined us from the Book of Numbers once again. Dick, welcome back.
2: Thank you, Brother Chris. And it's so good to see that on this 40-year journey, a marvelous, marvelous, unique, wonderful leader is unveiled. That's Christ himself. Dick,
1: uh, today's program, it's a message I love because one of the outstanding features of the tabernacle as a type of Christ dwelling with his people is that the tabernacle was portable. It was movable. And we have seen that this really typifies Christ in his moving with his people on earth today to accomplish his eternal purpose. I think this is something Christians generally don't pay enough attention to, isn't it?
2: Uh, It surely is, Chris, and it also shows we must put our trust in the Lord. We're just concerned about our need and our move. But uh, the focus here is God's need and God's move. So to really move is to move in God's move, and to really have the proper leadership is to take Christ as the one who is the real leader signified by the ark. So may we be those who really care for his need and for his move, and that is to gain a group of people who really enjoy him, are reconstituted with him, and become his testimony on this earth. Dick, we uh, touched that just briefly on our program yesterday, that the children of Israel didn't have
1: the prerogative to move whenever it suited them. Their move had to be timed with God's moving. It was uh, when the cloud was taken up. We're going to read the verse here in just a second. But uh, that is really poignant, I think, to uh, to God's people today, that we we assume too much prerogative, don't we? We surely do. Okay, let's look at these verses, Dick, uh, from Numbers chapter 10. Verse 11 says, Now it was in the second year, in the second month, and on the twentieth day of the month, that the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle of the testimony, and the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of Sinai. So they set out from the mountain of Jehovah, three days' journey, with the ark of the covenant setting out before them, three days' journey, to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of Jehovah was over them by day when they set out from the camp. We're going to get into this picture, Dick. Uh, It's vivid and very poignant, I think, for uh, even us in our Christian life. How about we go to Witness Lee?
0: The sins of Israel setting out from the Mount of Jehovah, three days' journey. Three days' journey without a rest. That was really something. Uh, When you read it, you don't realize the uh, problem, but when you got into it, surely you realize the problem. Uh, for me to travel 12 hours, I got turned out. But uh, three days is 72 hours traveling. The road was not paved with all those uh, uh, wagons to carry those heavy things uh, with all those slow cattles. Surely, you got turned out plus kind of a worry. It was not so easy. There was no place for you to rest. This was why they were looking for a resting place. Moses thought his father-in-law, as an old man experienced, must be a great help to them, but God's sovereignty did not allow any human to come in. So, this left Moses with the children of God just to put their trust in the Lord. In those 40 years, When the children of Israel traveled through that vast wilderness, it was hard all the time for them to find out a resting place. It is not just to have two or three resting. It is to have two million people, including children and women. Not only so, all those oxen. All those bulls, which uh, carried the heavy load, they needed more uh, proper resting place. The resting place is a problem. And today, our Christian life is a long journey. And the Christian life today is not on the paved way, not on the American highway. On what way? On a rugged way. rugged way, without pavement. The Christian journey is on the rugged way without pavement. So, all the time, trust is a hard thing for us Christians. Think about it. We are traveling to the rugged way.
1: Dick, I think everyone listening can relate to... uh this description that he gave, especially uh, when you read this, Three Days Journey, we don't think much about it, but as you consider, we're talking about 72 continual hours of long, arduous travel, not on a paved road, but on a rugged one. It does seem to match stretches in our Christian life that get like this. How do we keep from becoming weary and worn out?
2: It's like he said, Chris, uh, he said the Christian life is a long journey, and like you just mentioned, there are stretches that are Very, very rugged. It says the Lord cut the way, but it doesn't say he paved the way. And this brings us to Hebrews. Uh, The only way that we can go through this long journey of the Christian life is by Christ himself. In other words, this journey, apart from Christ himself, is impossible for us to make. Yes. It's too rugged. But Hebrews 6, verse 18 says, We have strong encouragement. And then in verse 20, it says, The forerunner, Jesus, has gone before us. He's entered within the veil. He himself is in the heavenly holy of holies. And he's the high priest praying for us. So he's not only in the heavens praying for us, he's also the life-giving spirit right within our spirit, wanting us just to turn to him and rest in him. Mm. And you remember Matthew 11, Chris, says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the only way to make this difficult journey is by turning to the Lord, who's not only in the heavens, but also right within our spirit. He has cut the way. He's the victorious forerunner. We need to be in union with him. The best way to do this is, you just say, oh, Lord Jesus, I need to be one with you in this journey. He'll supply us.
1: Dick, I well imagine that many among our listening audience may be in one of those rough stretches right now. That's right. And rather than just idle words of comfort, I think the words you just spoke are the very best, most practical help for any Christian struggling through a rough stretch on this long journey. Amen. Especially the calling on his name during times like this. There's nothing like it, is there?
2: There's nothing like this because this puts us into union with Christ the forerunner.
1: Well, Dick, if we get a little farther along in this chapter, we see Moses, really the leader of God's people at that point in time, Mm -hmm. when faced with this task of setting out through an unknown uh, stretch of territory— with which he was not familiar, he did what we would do. He turned to the only person he could think of that maybe knew how to get through. That's right. And in that case, it happened to be his father-in-law. Let's look at these verses before we go to witness leave for our next section. I'm starting now at verse 29 for anyone who's following along. It says, And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out to the place concerning which Jehovah said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for Jehovah has promised good to Israel. But he said to him, I will not go, but rather I will go to my own land and to my relatives. So Moses said, Please do not leave us, for you know where we can encamp in the wilderness, and you will be eyes for us. And if you go with us, whatever good Jehovah does for us, we will do for you. Here's Moses pleading, lobbying with his father-in-law trying to get him to lead them on their journey. And the Lord knew better, and uh, in his father-in-law's heart, there was no uh, intention to go along, was there?
2: No. He's appealing in the wrong direction.
1: I just appreciate this, Dick, because I think we can all relate to it. It would be uh, something I think all of us would do in a similar circumstance. That's true. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Who paved the way? Well, the Lord Jesus only cut the way, but he didn't pave the way. He cut the way. He became the forerunner. He walked through the rugged way, and now we are following his footsteps, still on the same rugged way. So, there is the need quite often for a resting place. And this resting place, no one can help us. Even the experienced ones, they cannot help us. So, don't put your trust in the older ones. Don't put your trust in the experienced ones. The only one, the unique one that we can trust in is Christ as the ark. What the ark did was a particular leading in front of the people. The ark became the leader. He was the leader taking the lead to find the resting place. He is our leader, and he leads us to the proper place for resting. He leads us in a particular way. It is not by man, Moses' father law you know, but by the ark of God's covenant. And this means what? This means this leadership is faithful. This leadership is not according to uh, emotion, to affection, but according to Covenant. God made a covenant that God will bring them through and lead them into the good land. Where was the covenant placed? It was in the ark. It was the ark. So the ark was called the ark of the covenant. Christ is called the Christ of the covenant. The Christ of God, divine faithfulness. Christ has to lead us. Christ has to usher us into a saving place for resting.
1: Dick, this is a marvelous section. I want all of our listeners to get the uh, the picture here. Here's the children of Israel, more than 2 million, with women and children, cattle, all their possessions. And the little tiny ark taking the lead in front. Then the overshadowing cloud, God's presence above. And then according to Paul's writings uh, in First Corinthians, here comes the rock, the spiritual rock with the water flowing, following them. So we have Christ, Christ in front, leading Christ, following, supplying, and God overshadowing all of the covenant. Give us your fellowship on these points.
2: I'd say the main thing here, Chris, is uh, we have to conclude by this. The real leadership in God's move is not with any man, no matter how old he is. <laughs> right. But the real leadership is with Christ himself. The little ark is a type of the crucified and resurrected Christ. He's the unique leader. Wherever the ark went, the people were led. Whenever the ark rested, the people could rest. And like you said, it's so good. The ark was in front. The spiritual rock was following them, flowing out the living water for their supply. And God with his presence as the cloud was over them. What a wonderful leadership and what a wonderful care. And this ark is called the ark of the covenant. So God's leading of his people is not a matter of just affection or emotion, but it's a matter of his covenant. And the covenant means he has to. Yes. So even we as believers, even as you're listening to this program, you could tell the Lord, Lord, you have to bring me into yourself as the good land. So this brings us to Christ as the reality. Christ is the Christ of the covenant. He will do the job. Yes. What a Christ we have. And his leading is very fine and particular. It's different than guidance. Guidance is kind of general. Right. But the leading is very specific, leading us all the way into all the unsearchable riches of himself so that we could be reconstituted with Christ, build it up in Christ to become his testimony and his expression. So the main point is this. We must not put our trust in flesh and blood, no matter how old that flesh and blood is. We must put our trust in Christ. And today is the crucified, resurrected Christ. And this resurrected Christ is the life-giving Spirit, and he's right within our spirit. So we can turn to him at any time and just say, Lord, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I love you, Lord. You're the unique leader. Hmm. Dick, we
1: may not have a paved road to follow, but we have Christ in the ark in front, God overshadowing behind us, and the spiritual rock, our Christ flowing out behind us. Who needs pavement?
2: Amen. He's supplying us, He is everything to us. Let's follow Him. Dick, we've got a marvelous portion to close with today. At the
1: conclusion of this chapter, we come to a verse, and I think our listeners will recognize it, though they probably won't recognize it from numbers because it's, we're going to see requoted later in the Bible. Let me get the verse. It's verse 35, and I'll add 36. It says, And when the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, O Jehovah, let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it came to rest, he said, Return, O Jehovah, to the ten thousands of the thousands of Israel. And, of course, the requote comes in Psalm 68, verse 1. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let them that hate him flee before him. So this psalm is actually quoting Numbers chapter 10, verse 35. We're going to see this developed in a marvelous way in this final portion. Here's Witness Lee.
0: Now, firstly, Moses said this. When the ark set out, Moses prayed, Arise, O Jehovah, arise. Oh, Jehovah, do you know Psalm 68 quoted this verse? Then Paul in Ephesians applied what Psalm 68 quoted to Christ's ascension. Could you imagine? Moses' words like this refers to Christ's ascension. Okay, then, return, oh Jehovah. This return actually... In the same principle as Arise, this return referring to Christ's second coming. Christ left us by his ascension. Then when he will return? By his second coming. So you see, the great word spoken by such a great prophet of God should be interpreted by the entire Bible. Because Psalm 68 quoted it. Then Ephesians 4 interpreted it. You see, according to that quotation and that reference, Arise refers to Christ's ascension to the heaven. Then return refers to Christ's second coming. You could say a full picture of God's economy. As a triune God, He incarnated to be the ark. The ark indicates God's trinity, indicates also God's incarnation, and his human living in his humanity. The ark speaks so much. Whenever there was a war, that ark moves. And that ark went out to fight. Every time that ark won a victory, it came back from the plain, rising up to the top of them. So, Psalm 68 describes this. Then, just by Psalm 68, we couldn't understand much. Paul interpreted that, telling us that that, that is ascension of Christ. So, in his ascension, he ascended to the heavens. Then there, he remains. and see there. Then when he will return? So Moses prayed for us. Return, O Jehovah. Now you tell me this return is referring to what? Surely his second coming. This is the way to understand the great words spoken by a great prophet of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just by this, we have a full picture of God's economy from the incarnation to the second coming of these incarnated one.
1: Dick, this just about took my breath away. I don't know about you, but yes. you come to a starting point in Numbers 10.35. Who would consider this as a starting point? And you follow this thread through Psalm 68 and then... In Ephesians 4, Paul picks these portions up, interprets it. We have God's entire New Testament economy unveiled. Wow. Help us through this one more time.
2: Chris, this reminds me of Luke 24. When the Lord opened the Scriptures to them concerning himself, and then later they said, Did not our heart burn when he spoke to us on the way? Numbers chapter 10, verse 35 could show us the entire view of God's economy from incarnation to the Lord's second coming. All we can say is this is awesomely wonderful. What a ministry. So we really have three things here. We have in this verse, we have the ark. Yes. And the ark shows us Christ as the incarnated one because the ark was a mingling of gold and wood of Acacia Wood, so that signifies divinity mingled with humanity. When Christ was incarnated, that was God mingled with man. God became a man, so he's the God-man Jesus Christ. And the ark also went through human living, mm-hmm. so this implies Christ's human living. And then we know he went through death, and also he entered into resurrection right. and victoriously into ascension. And uh, this shows us that Christ— who is the reality of the ark, is the victorious, the undefeated one. And like you mentioned, Chris, and as our brother referred to, it's spoken by Moses in Numbers 10 about the ark and about the ark arising. Arise, O Jehovah. Well, this is Christ rising up in his ascension, and this is repeated or quoted in Psalm 68, verse 1, and then referred to and, and interpreted to some degree by Paul in Ephesians 4, showing us that this is Christ in his ascension. I like this very much because this shows us Christ is the victorious Christ. He's the incarnated one, the one who passed through human living, through death and resurrection, and triumphantly is now the ascended Christ Wherever he goes, victory. That's right. In fact, we could all shout, Hallelujah, Christ is victor. Amen. This ascended Christ is the real victor. Not only that, this ascended Christ is now dispensing himself into his people and constituting us with himself so that all of us as his people would now cry out, Return, O Jehovah, or come back, Lord Jesus. Yes. Here we are calling for his second coming. So in conclusion, we can say the ark refers to the incarnated Christ. Arise refers to Christ in his ascension. And return refers to Christ's second coming. What can we say except hallelujah for such a word?
1: I just feel uh, privileged that the Lord has led us in and given us such a glimpse of how rich his holy word really is. Amen. And I'm glad we were able to share it together, Dick, with all of our listeners.
2: Praise the Lord.
1: Thank you very much for being with us. I want to point out that uh, I think you should be impressed by now that these Life Study messages uh, that we're taking these programs from are worthwhile and worth your time if you are a lover of God, a lover of His Word, and a lover of Christ. The printed Life Study of numbers. It comprises two volumes and if you'll contact us at our toll-free number we'll make sure that uh, we get those off to you right away. The toll-free number 1-888-LIFE-STUDY that's 888-543-3788 Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121 Anaheim, California 92814 and our email address is radio at lsm.org For Dick Taylor today I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man, in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get to complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.